Welcome to the Survive HR Podcast. This podcast is designed to keep you up to date on all things human resources and sometimes life. Brought to you by two co-hosts who rarely agree on anything. We promise an insightful time filled with a bit of education and a lot of laughs. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to Survive HR. I'm I'm speaking to you from a hotel room somewhere in Los Angeles, California at oh early o'clock. Good morning, Steve. I guess this is the joy of like Zoom podcast right now. Yes, Kelly. And I mean, for me, it's early too, but heck, it's not nearly as early as it is out there on the West Coast. So it's good to be back with you again. I hope you're doing well. And I know you've got, there's plenty of things going on in the HR world right now for you. There's always things going on in the HR world. It's definitely a profession that doesn't sleep. So what's going on in the HR world we want to talk to our listeners about today? Well, you know, I haven't asked you this question, but if I ask, let me ask you the question, just see if you answer it, you know, the way I think you're going to answer it. What's the (laughs) biggest issue you've got with HR right now? Um, Hiring talent. That is correct. Correct answer. Yes. You get surprised. You're so smart. Yes. And you know, it's, if you remember, this isn't remember, scripted, I swear. <laughs> it is not, but you know, it's, it's funny because when I look around at things right now, you know, the, we've, we've, we're in a really interesting place. You know, we're coming out of COVID, obviously things, the, the economy has been picking back up for months. And, and I'm, I'm, I remember like 2006, 2007 before the recession hit. And then I remember 2019, which even though it seems like it was 15 years ago, it was just a little over a year ago. And every single HR person that you talk to was having the same problem. And that is we can't find people. We can't find people. We need people. So I thought, Hey, that's, that's on my, everybody's mind right now. And with this, with the unemployment supplements that many states have um, that continue in some until various times this year, maybe as late as September, which is the federal plan, we're going to still, there's, we're also almost also creating in some sense an employment shortage. But regardless of that, there is an employment shortage that we're experiencing. And you know something? I think the future is going to be even worse unless we have some sort of black swan event, which hopefully we won't have. Um, and, you know, cause the economy to drop off, we're going to have lots of problems with employees. So I thought, hey, our listeners, just like you, um, could probably use a podcast on, hey, what should we be doing when the, when our employment situation is the way it is? How do we, how do we find, retain, and, and, and uh, keep the people we, we, we need? Well, so a couple things, right? Uh, I think this is a really interesting topic. It's a super relevant, like, today topic, but I would much rather be having this conversation with you than the conversation I was having last year, which is how do I lay off my employees legally? You know, how do we, you know, how do we cut our workforce because we don't have work? So let's put some like silver lining on the reality of the fact that we're hiring, right? And that is good news all around for everybody. That means employability. I mean, that's all all good news, right? Like we want that. Absolutely. So, but that doesn't mean the struggle isn't real. And I think that when it comes to sourcing talent, and I've had lots of conversations about this with my HR team and my HR friends. And I think when it comes to sourcing talent, branding is everything. 
what do you look like to the to the to the applicant, right? I, I saw this. I saw this is funny. I remember seeing this video. Um, it was it was a cartoon. Maybe it was from the New Yorker. I don't remember where it was from, but there was a cartoon, and it was a person that had died and was get, got to choose whether or not he went to heaven or he went to hell, and. So he takes him to heaven, like, you know, I guess an angel takes him to heaven and he sees like people like playing on clouds and they're like living their best lives, like they're happy. But then, then an angel takes them to hell and like all his friends are there and they're having a party and like, it's like the biggest party in the entire world. And like, everyone is so happy. And he's like, okay, well, look, you get a choice. Angel, like you get to make a choice. Like, is it, what's it going to be? Is it going to be heaven or is it going to be hell? He's like, my friends are here. Like, I'm, I'm going to hell. Let's, let's go there. So um, that's who he gets his, he gets his wish and he goes to hell. When he shows up, it's miserable. Miserable and terrible. And he asks the angel, he's like, what on earth? Like yesterday there was a party. What happened? He's like, well, we were recruiting you yesterday. <laughs> today, yeah, exactly. today you're official. <laughs> and I thought that that you know, what that's what is more relevant than that is like you've got to brand yourself which is paramount so that's what they were doing in this analogy right they were branding themselves a certain way they get them in the door then what right and but i do think you need to focus on both of those things equally in order to manage the talent crisis that exists today or the talent yeah. war that exists today what do you think about that i think i absolutely 100 percent agree i mean branding and you know i think so many people have difficulty and by people i mean hr professionals organizations don't really understand you know what they need what the brand needs to be you know and who they need to appeal to you know they i think oftentimes people are kind of looking in the wrong places for for people instead of looking at the, so you take, I remember one time I was, I was at a, an actual um, very fascinating place. I'd never been to one before, but it was a, an actual lumber company, you know, where they're taking logs and they're, they're taking the raw logs from the forest, they're bringing them in and they're doing all the, they're cutting the wood and making it into the lumber that then they would ship to, to various, you know, Home Depots and, and Lowe's and places like that. And they were complaining about they couldn't find people to do the work. Now, obviously, this is uh, the work many times is outside. It can be hot. It can be dusty. It can, you know, it can be wet or cold, whatever the weather conditions are. And, you know, as soon as I walk on, I'm, I'm struck by the fact that, you know, you need to be a rugged individual to do that kind of work. I mean, if that's what you're hiring for. So where are you looking for your people? And I asked the guy, because as I passed into the town, I'd never been in this town before. I passed by a high school with a football field and things like that. And I asked them how many times they had ever been. And it was less than a mile from the plant. How many times have you been down to the high school to recruit your, you know, your hourly employees from the athletes, you know, the people that play the football and the wrestling and things like that, the more, you know, athletic type people. And they said, what do you think they said, Kelly? Never. Never, you know, so they've been down the road, you know, the closest, the closest location 
to their facility with potential employees. They hadn't even been there. And the other, you know, one of the other things is when when I was recruiting in, in uh, my last position, I was always struck by the the number of college grads. So let's say you're getting early college grads. Every single one of them for like five years asked me the same two questions. I mean, it was like, it was bizarre. It was, it was almost like they must be learning that somebody's telling them to ask these questions in school. And I don't know if you remember what the questions were, but you, you've probably heard them before. But one of them was, um, are you a green company? You know, they were concerned about, you know, how your, your, your impact, I guess, on the environment or what you were doing to, to, to help, uh, help the environment. And then the second thing is, are you involved in the community? You know, how, you know, how, how, what's your community involvement? Now we had good stories for both of those and could re recruit well, and just like your company is a green company, but you know, you got to, the point is if you're going to brand yourself in a, in a big context, you actually need to know who you're trying to attract and then appeal to that, that group or groups of employees in various, in various ways that you go about communicating that message. I think that's so right. So I actually think that HR professionals oftentimes think they could push a job ad on LinkedIn or Indeed and all of a sudden the applicants just come and that's that couldn't be further from the truth, especially in today's job market, right? Um, you're right, you have to brand to the numerous because oftentimes you're recruiting numerous different types of roles and you have to ensure I always say like, you've got to make sure your house is in order, right? There are things that the HR team has span of control over that they just don't pay attention. Like, and look, I'm not criticizing the HR team. I am one of you. And I, and I realize this often when it's too late. Don't realize that if your house isn't in order, if your cup isn't where it needs to be, if your benefits aren't where they need to be, if you're what, what I like to call like lifestyle management, right? Because the expectation now is that you're managing someone's life, right? Because work looks very different than it did before. Like if, if your total reward strategy isn't together and that includes everything, that includes development, that includes like, and if you can't tell that story genuinely, you might get them, but you'll lose them. And you'll be in a death loop, right? Because that's, a, that's exactly what you'll create. You'll create yourself a death loop. Um, but I also think, so like, just to speak really quickly to like the marketing and branding side, like do HR teams work with their marketing folks? Do HR teams sit down with their marketing teams or external marketing teams? I just had a conversation with one of my friends who was a marketer and she's going to come and do work like with us because we understand that from a marketing perspective, we need to put our best foot forward because social media matters, because how we look out in the community matters, but then make sure the inside of the house is clean too, yeah, right? I mean, you know, HR, you know, one thing that HR probably, most of the folks listening to this podcast never think of themselves as being part of a sales team, but they are. And that's what you absolutely you sales team. And you know, one point, one of the things that you said triggered a thought, and I know that we talked briefly about this, uh, you know, a week or so ago, but, but um, when you talked about your total package and one of the things that with the, the, the situation that we find ourselves today, I believe that unless you have a job that is very localized, for example, okay, you're a, 
you know, you're a worker in a factory. So you've got to go in every day and do that job. Uh, a lot of these other jobs, you know, if it's in, in a, shared, a shared services realm, even though you may require the person to come in and do that job, either full or part-time at your, at your location, it, it, I think that you're going to need to pay on a national uh, level uh, instead of a local level, because many companies are going to be allowing those people to either be um, fully remote or at least partially remote. So I think the, 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 the competition then and the way people look at jobs is, I mean, somebody can be sitting here where I am on the East Coast and be working for your company on the West Coast full time. So yeah, they're sitting in one area where the pay range would be less than it is in, in California or New York or or Connecticut or, or some other uh, higher cost area, but yet they can take a job there. So you've got to factor that in and, and, uh, and convince your people, the, you know, the, the people within your organization that you really need to look at maybe your comp systems a little bit differently. The other thing that I think is, is really important, and this is all, this is, it's, it's overlooked many times when things are going, you know, when, when there's not an employment guess crisis or, or, or shortage um, and that's the that's the decision making process for hire I mean I think companies lose candidates today because their own internal processes are so slow so they'll agree they'll uh, lose hundred percent you've got to get your and convince your management teams uh, uh, to have you know a faster hiring process like offers on the spot um, that's honestly what I have found to be extremely effective um, in some of the recruiting work that I've done is, you know, your offer is in hand 25 minutes after you've interviewed for the role. Half the time, halfway through the interview, I'm drafting the offer um, just because it is, it is that competitive a space. I also think that we have to be mindful of the technology that we use for recruiting. In some spaces, technology is king. And in others, it doesn't work. I am I'm kind of of the philosophy that you do need to have a bit more of a mixed approach. I remember, Steve, when we, when we worked for um, our last employer and we had a Tijuana factory. And the Tijuana factory had over 100% turnover constantly because the war for talent was very, very prominent there. And I remember the most creative thing that they did was they put a banner up the size of the building. Like, and it was not a small building, but it was like, you could see, it was a billboard. Like you could see this thing from like miles and miles away. And I just thought it was such a creative way to recruit, but grassroots like going back to like grassroots hiring, where are they? What, what, what restaurants are they eating at? What, um, you know, where do they go to church? Like, where are they hanging out? You know, what does that look like? Where do their kids go to school? Like go and like put flyers down and cardboards, like signs on the lawns and you know, that has actually proven to be extremely beneficial for some groups that you're trying to recruit for. And people don't think that. They think just post it on LinkedIn, post it on Indeed, and the people will come. 
Well, they won't. And I feel, I remember we did this podcast, we did a similar podcast, like one of our first podcasts with Ellen Bassett, a friend of ours. And one of the things I remember she said, which I thought was so smart was when they have to apply using an app, make that the easiest thing they have to do. Um, so instead of like forcing them to go through all of the rigmarole of like the clicks and the clicks and the clicks, like make an application a one click, make an application a two click. And you have to think through that. What does your ATS system look like? What does that, you know, these are just all things that from an HR perspective, we don't often spend the time to reflect and think. I can say that about everything we do. Um, but the reality is we are often running. Sometimes you have to stop and think am I going in the right direction I think that's probably true about everything right um but when you're running fast and you're running hard you have to sometimes stop and think am I doing this the right way do I have my are my laces tied are my did I stretch am I going to get myself hurt am I going in the right direction is the race the other way um so yeah so I guess I'd leave listeners with that thought yeah, I think that's, those are good thoughts. The other thing, the one thing I would also add to that that I think is often overlooked, I mean, I'm sure it's overlooked, and that's the onboarding process and the importance yeah. of the onboarding process. And I've always, you know, preached that the, the, the longer the onboarding process, the better. And by that, I mean, you know, how, you, you know, the follow-up, the, the different points, touch points within a year, because we know- so Let's qualify this though. Onboarding is not- the first day i'm sorry onboarding is not the first day that right like i just want to qualify that for our listeners because oftentimes onboarding is thought of as like what i call new hire orientation that is not onboarding correct correct yeah. thank you for doing that because yeah it, that's your first day of onboarding is what that yeah. is but, but yeah that's and, and unfortunately that's generally that for most companies or many companies i think that's the last day of onboarding and we know statistically that the highest turnover rate is within that first year. So, and, and we know, and we also know statistically that the longer the onboarding process, the longer you pay, you know, some special attention, you know, follow up, have planned sessions that uh, help your newer employees throughout the year, the, the, the better your retention rate is going to be. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. Um, all right. So final thoughts. I was, there was a New York times article recently on this subject and specifically focused on teen labor and the fact that teenagers are being courted at every fast food restaurant, um, in droves. And, um, that's actually starting to cause teenagers to realize I can make more money at Chipotle and be their general manager than in high school. <laughs> so I'm just not going to go to high school anymore. Um, McDonald's is offering iPhones in certain stores. If you stay for 18 months, they'll give you an iPhone. Perks may make them come, but perks will make them stay. Um, and I think that we have to remember that both sides, both sides of the story have to be met. Both boxes need to be checked, right? The branding side, iPhone side, and the, like the in-the-house total reward side. I also think we have to level set with management 
to make it the culture that people want to stay at. So I do think there is sometimes at organizations this just strange culture of people should be happy to have jobs. Flip the script. You should be happy that people came to work. Yeah. yeah and honestly, right. I think that that level of appreciation should always exist. Yeah, you know, and, and, you know, one one thing that 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 you're absolutely right um, on on that. I mean, we've got a if you've got the mentality, people should be happy to have a job. I'm going to tell you that's about a, I would say, probably a a 25 year old you know thought process has gone, been gone about 25 years. You need to be thinking about hey, we're glad they came to work, and we need to do everything we can to to keep to keep them at work. But to your point, you know, it's also you're, we're also seeing this in a college environment. And that is not that they're quitting and dropping out of school, but we're seeing companies now starting to make offers to students as early as their second year of college. And wow. certainly by the, by, the, by the time they, they finish their junior year. So when you have your top, like we have data science majors, accounting majors, supply chain majors, and they're in such high demand that, I mean, we cannot, literally cannot supply the demand of these students. And, and those students are getting offers much, much earlier than they ever have in the past. That's unfair. I don't think companies should do that. I think that's unfair. And I don't, it's not a competitive thing for, it's not like a competitive employer thing. I think it's unfair to the student to lock someone in when they haven't even had an opportunity to finish their education. Right. Like they haven't even learned what they're going to learn. Um, and I just, I don't know. I, okay. Different podcast. Different yeah, it is like I'm just telling you that it's happening. So it's something that, that if you're in, in an HR role, you need to be, you know, you shouldn't wait until May uh, or April of, of, you know, be looking for the graduates because the, oh, yeah, no, they're gone. the graduates are going to be gone. Yeah. They're gone. They're gone. I can see making an offer like, before junior year, like before senior year, but goodness gracious, that's sophomore year. Anyway, different podcast, different day. Obviously we're having a good conversation. We're talking about hiring and creative ways to do it. You guys have suggestions for us and our listeners, please send them to us. We want to know about them. Um, Maybe it's something we can post out on LinkedIn. What's the best way to recruit? Um, And it'll be interesting to see what creative tactics people come up with. Well, the best to everyone as they struggle through the war on talent. Just remember a year ago, we would have, we would have been thankful for this day. Yeah, and Kelly, I hope you have a great trip out on, on the West Coast. I mean, yes. it's interesting that you get to travel. And I want to thank, you know, I want to thank our sponsor, uh, Hansburg Sinclair Boyd. I mean, we, without them, we really couldn't do this podcast. So I'm so appreciative of them. And I would encourage our listeners to, to seek them out, use them. Uh, they're a multidisciplinary firm, so you can get all of your needs serviced at, in one stop, which is very convenient and customer oriented. You don't have to have multiple law firms. You can just have one. Hanes were single. Yep. <laughs> all right. Well, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. If you like our podcast, please rate us and share our podcast. Our hope is to help this already busy community of business leaders learn a little while laughing along the way.